we don't actually have a labor problem. We have a social problem. And the social problem is that we're not understanding what this generation wants. And from us, from our end, okay, and working with hundreds and hundreds of new staff members and having this problem come up over and over again, one thing that we know for sure, okay, is that millennials no, they don't, they're not going to come in and just put their head down and work for you for the next 40 years. That's not, that's, that no longer exists. Because why? But here's the other thing. Present an opportunity. Give a pathway. Give a direction. That's what they're looking. They're looking for structure. Money is actually fourth on the list. You know what they value even more? Time. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. As always, we're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it in yours as you build your own. And you just heard from Andrew Houston and his COO, Jay Carter, who jumped into the call. They're from a cool company called Profits for Contractors. And what they do is work with contractors in the trades to really help them take this mindset shift from being a contractor to really being the champion CEO of their business. We talked about getting your business out of your head, one of my favorite topics, but also we dug into how you can feel some tangible results from what feels like a pretty intangible, invisible thing in working on your business. Uh, simple tips and tricks on how to put little processes in place, how to work with vendors and suppliers before you even have employees. And I think they've just got a lot of great suggestion about how to turn the dial in your head and really focus on growing your business. Check it out. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And as you heard in the intro today, we're chatting with Andrew Houston. Andrew, thanks for being here. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. I'm uh, honored to be here on a, on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, my friend. All right. Well, let's get into it. So first, before we get started, tell us a little bit about Profit for Contractors. I went to your website, watched the video, which was super cool, by the way, and you've got a great story. So I'd love to hear just about how it started. Yeah. So Coles Notes version, um, I used to have my own contracting company. So I'm a I'm a tradie, industrial controls licensed electrician. So I used to have this contracting company. We used to build uh, robotics and, and things of that nature. Um and uh, long story short is that the business was hell. I was in complete chaos, uh, a little over a decade of, of, you know, wearing the tool belt, wearing the hat of the CEO, wearing the 18 other hats. And uh, I realized that, you know, at, at the edge of, you know, risking my family and things of that nature, as far as having a, a good family life and balance, there was no balance. The business was running me. And I decided to uh, systematize the business. I decided it hit me if I can build these automation lines, uh, which are heavily systems driven, uh, why not systemize my business? You know, if I can do very complex, you know, construction and, and those types of applications, why couldn't I systemize my business? So I spent the next few years uh, systemize, systemizing my business, got the business to run without me, sold to my biggest competitor who couldn't figure out how I was able to do double the amount of work compared to him with half the amount of crews. And uh, then the rest is history. I ended up helping a whole bunch of buddies, tradies hang with tradies. And I applied those principles to their business. Same thing happened. 
And, you know, my buddies were like, it actually wasn't me. My buddies were like, Andrew, like there's a big need for this. And hence I created profit for contractors so that uh, we could get contractors to not just be profitable, but get their profits to pay for their freedom and get them to become champion CEOs of their business and their life. So that's basically the Coles Notes version. I love the idea of profits paying for your freedom. It's like a business yeah. that's built to support your life, which I think a lot of times people can lose sight of. So for you, when you were in that business, in the thick of it, you said your family was kind of on the line. Was there a turning point? Was there one day that you were just like, I'm done. I need, if this thing's not automated, I'm out. Absolutely. I can do my best to tell the, the story, um, you know, again, condensed as possible without tearing up. Uh, I came home. Um, it was one of those uh, normal Fridays, supposed to be home at five o'clock. It was shortly after seven. Uh, babysitter sitting on the couch uh, with my newborn son, uh, my wife on the other couch with my daughter, two-year-old daughter. And I come in all dirty, exhausted, uh, putting a smile on my face going, sorry, you know, sorry, I'm late for the thousandth time. Um and I could see the look on my wife's face. It was a little bit different than just being pissed off. It was like, I, I think, you know, she was like, I've had enough. I ran upstairs because, uh, again, we're already late for dinner. But I'm like, okay, maybe I can make it up like like I've tried to in the past. Run upstairs, jump in the shower. It's a cold shower because, again, I'm rushed. And, uh, and I guess that cold shower hit me. And I, I asked myself this question. I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I said, how the hell is it that I can build these automation lines, like I was saying, that are really complex, that are really all about systematizing, you know, uh, a production of some material or some product. And it's all systemized. It's, it's you know, it's, it's meant to run heavily without a bunch of humans um, or, you know, at a minimal level. And it just hit me. I was like, wait a second. How? How is it that I'm able to do that, but I've never taken that approach to my business? So I broke it down, Chris. I broke it down right from, you know, the very first phone call that I would get from a prospect and I systemized it. I put in scripts. Like I asked myself this question, you know, to remove this chaos, what would I have to do to put this to such a, a point, um, whereby somebody else could actually do this as good as me or better than me. And I did that for every step of the business, laid it out, the whole business, like as if it was a production line, as if I was building an automation line with a whole bunch of sticky notes on a big whiteboard. And I just went one sticky at a time, one by one by one by one. And, uh, and that, that was the moment that was, it was that moment. And it actually, the impact was dramatic uh, within a couple of weeks already my wife could see that I was actually making progress. So that was the moment, man. That was the breaking point. I was either probably going to end up divorced, you know, and, and a lonely yeah. father, uh, or I was going to uh, fix the problem. Well, thank you for sharing that. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey, where he like, you know, just consistently lies. I always think when I hear these stories about his like kid's birthday party and he showed up after all the birthday parties cleaned up and everything. And I think as entrepreneurs, so many of us have those stories where it just hits us. We're like, you can't be late again and again it's true. and again. It's true. Yeah, so it's true. We, we don't want, you know, here's the thing, Chris, right? None of us want it that way. Yeah. Right. None of us like you look at your your podcast, your organized chaos, like nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, hey, man, how can I make my life more chaotic? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No one. 
no one wants the misery that comes with the chaos. They just want the opportunity. So they got to systematize it, right? So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Jay, uh, you just joined the show as well. Jay Carter, a COO uh, over at Profit for Contractors, if I'm if I'm correct. But I'd love to hear just where you guys intersected and how you came into this journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a a business myself. Um, we operate a fair size uh, uh, roofing business. Um, kind of went through the journey of everything you guys just described. So you know, all the way from being technician right up to being a, a true CEO. Um, I was able to in fact, systemize my business and uh, kind of move out of the operations role. And uh, I had some time on my hands at that point, uh, which we all inspired to be. It's kind of the point of, of everything that, uh, that we stand for here at Profit for Contractors and, you know, got to live the real lifestyle of getting my profits to pay for freedom. Well, Jay, Jay was a client <laughs> yeah. of Profit for Contractors at one point. Right. So, right. so with the, the time that I was able to get back and, the, you know, all the things I was able to do, um, that I never thought that I'd be able to do or believed in myself that I could do. Um, suddenly it was in my hands and, uh, you know, I had to fill my time with uh, helping other people and helping them to systemize and do kind of the things that I've um, actually experienced firsthand. So, um, yeah, I've kind of found my passion with uh, coaching other contractors how to do what I've done. Great. Well, I'd love for you guys to break down this concept that you have of contractor versus champion CEO. And, you know, I think of it kind of as like the e-myth thing with the the technicians and, you know, that you can't, mm-hmm. you can't work on the business and in the business, but I'd love to hear your version of what does it mean to be a champion CEO? You know, it's really, you know, a lot of times I think, um, you know, contractors have this belief of what it is to own a construction business, you know, we start off as the technicians and we think if we do work really hard and do a great job, we're going to get somewhere. Um, that, that starts to fade, you know, it, it, it takes a while, but you can spend a lot of time believing that. Um, and then you come to this point where, you know, you realize that your time and what you're spending your time on is getting you nowhere, right? So doing the work doesn't really get you the result. So then you start to hire people, you start to bring people in. And you know, what most contractors end up finding out the hard way is that that's really hard. That's a whole different skill set. Now, now not only are we responsible for getting the work done, but now we're responsible for employees, staff. Now we've got all these other responsibilities that are foreign to us. You know why? Because we were great technicians. And what makes us great technicians makes us terrible at business. You know, we, we don't, you know, the things that we won't, you know, value at first are seeing things get done. Well, we're not, we're not bookkeepers. We're not admin people. We're not, you know, we always had someone else do it. So, you know, that's kind of the first couple of years of business. And I mean, it can go on for decades where just, you just don't know what you should be actually doing. And, you know, in that situation, you do what you know best, right? And a lot of times that keeps contractors trapped. That keeps them in a, in a mindset that, you know, I just have to work harder. I just have to do more. And the reality of it is, and this is where the mindset starts to shift. Uh, I mean, at least in my case was realizing I need to actually just, you know, bring my mindset to a different place where I'm, I'm getting the results that I need out of my team and my people and, you know, my organization and really kind of setting the, the targets for myself saying, you know, I'm, I'm here right now. Here's what I'm going to do to take the next steps and move forward. Right. And, you know, unfortunately that was unguided. And, you know, here was no coaches at the time. And, uh, you know, we, you make a lot of missteps. There's a lot of confusion around what you're supposed to do. So, you know, and once you do get on track, um, you know, that's how you start to make the steps forward. And, and um, you know, you start to realize what your role is more and more. And the champion CEO is truly the definition of it is somebody that's taken their, uh, their business and their profit 
and used it as a vehicle to drive them to freedom, right? And freedom is however you describe it, however you want it. Maybe you don't want to work in the business anymore. Maybe you want to hit 10, 15 million, whatever your end goal is, you've hit it and you've used those profits as a vehicle. That's, that's what it is in essence. Yep. Now, I, I know a lot of contractors, if they're listening, they may be thinking that there's this kind of catch-22 using the profits to get to freedom. You know, how do you free up enough capacity or freedom for those first couple hires? Because especially if you're doing a lot of the work, you're the technician, you're charging for, for your, your time, basically. How do you pull yourself out of that and make the investment? Like, what is that mindset shift to do that? Yeah. Or what's the first step? I, I just want to say something on this point is that, and you know, I'd love to hear Jay, your um, input. It's really about taking as much as possible, especially the first stage of getting off the tools. Okay. The reality is Chris, most of these guys are the Gretzky's of their trade. They're incredibly good at what they do and they do what they do like 99.99% out of their heads. So the first phase is getting it out of their heads, okay? The reality is, you know, if they're one man right now, you're listening in and you're, you're, you're just in a truck and you're all by yourself. If you're, uh, you know, a contractor and you got 20 guys working for you, 100 guys working for you, at the end of the day, one of the core principles is you got to get it out of your head and get it out of your head in a way that is structured and systemized. Okay, so that other people can follow the instructions. They can follow the steps. Okay, and and the, as soon as that happens, and, and guess what, Chris? The reality is, you're going to have to take some time to do that. If you don't, then you're going to be stuck. Okay, so you start off with some of the lower level tasks. Okay, you don't start off with trying to get the stuff out of your head. That's the most complicated thing. Some of these guys. You know, the very first starting point, Chris, is stop taking out the garbage, stop yeah. cleaning the trucks, stop, right. you know, <laughs> clean the, the toilet. Like, I'm, uh, it sounds funny, but for those listening in, you're stuck going to the staples. You're stuck going and getting the ink cartridges for the printer. You're, you're doing things that are such at a, such a low skill level. Okay. That that's the first place that you start. It is also it is also the easiest and least costly, costly area to start, right? The higher, you know, one of the first people that we typically get our contractors to hire is an admin person. And they go, oh, man, you mean like a full-time admin person? We, I never said full-time. Let's start off with 10 hours a week. Let's start off with 20. Then we go to 40. And it's just, it's these small steps of getting things out of your head, putting it into other people's hands. And what, what you end up replacing that time with instead of cleaning the toilet and cleaning the truck is maybe now that that enables you to go to the next phase from just being the installer and technician to becoming a better salesperson. And then you go to the next stage and then you become a better foreman and you become a better project manager. And these profits are paying for your freedom because instead of doing $15 an hour, $20 an hour task, all of a sudden you're doing tasks that are 50, 100, 1,000, $10,000 an hour tasks. And people are like, come on, 10,000 bucks an hour? Yeah. Think about how much you guys charge for some of the jobs you do. It might take you an hour and a half to do a quote. You just landed a $50,000 job and you might make 10, 10 grand on it. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. Now you've got an extra five hours, 10 hours to do something like that. And then it starts to happen. Your profits start to pay for your freedom. Right. 
I love that breakdown. And so, you know, for everyone listening, I want to just zoom in on what Andrew said right there, that you've got all these different hourly wages bundled together that make up your time. All the different tasks, responsibilities that you do in the company probably have different wages, probably have different salaries. And like you said, some things are $10 an hour tasks, some things are $10,000 an hour tasks. Which one should people be focused on? It seems pretty obvious, right? I think it's hard, though, for a lot of business owners to let go because in their minds, they think, oh, a free hour, you know, if, 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 if I have to pay someone to do this, I don't have to pay myself to do that thing. And that's, mm. that, that's a tough mindset thing. I remember I had a client that um, was a the print shop and they would print everything, big jobs, little jobs, business cards, things like that. And the owner of the company is driving around a truck to deliver $50 business card orders. And it was, it's like this crazy experience to say, well, well, what else would I be doing? I'd be sitting at home. And what would you say to people who are thinking that? Like, oh, but it's free when I do it. Yeah. So this is a, this is a hundred percent. It's, you know, if we really got to the base of that and we talked about the mindset around why they're doing it, it's fear. It's fear that's driving those actions. It's fear that's driving that behavior. And the fear is um, that they don't really know, you know, how to hire those roles. And, and again, that, that r- makes people shrink or maybe they've tried it and it's failed or they've, you know, they have all this resistance in this internal um, negative talk that puts them in that role. So they go back to what they're used to doing. They go back to what they know they're going to get a result from. And that's really the first part of, you know, getting to this stage is being uncomfortable. It is extremely uncomfortable and it doesn't get easier as you go up and you have more risk and more, um, you know, liabilities, but what does change is your approach to it. Right. So, and that's what we, you know, what that's kind of at our core of what we're, we're, we've mainly facilitate is that growth, putting you in a position where you take small enough bites that you're winning constantly so that your confidence isn't destroyed and you feel like you've got momentum and you feel like you can go into these things. So, you know, um, you know, kind of to summarize all that, you know, the best way to kind of approach it that we found is, is look every day at what can I do today to change, you know, my big mountain, move my big mountain. What is a small thing that I can do? Maybe you're not ready for an admin right now. Okay, great. But I'm going to delegate this one thing. Or this, you know, I'm going to write, you know, I'm going to write the, the the prescription of how to do this one thing. Don't think about all of it at once because it never happened, right? So, you know. I think the, I think the other thing is, is really get clear on who your team is, okay? So I'm going to say something for all those listeners, okay? And most businesses have, have something that they, they call a supplier, okay? They, they supply them with something. Okay. And a lot of times they don't look at these people as, as being part of their team. So now we put on the hat and we go, they're part of your team. And you're like, what do you mean? Well, they're not on your payroll, but they're part of your team. They, they, without them, you wouldn't succeed. So everybody's listening going, yeah, okay, get the point. So you can start off with small things. You can say to the supplier, I need you to deliver this material instead of you getting in the truck and doing it. Okay. So you didn't have to go hire anybody. But you started, but guess what? To get them to go deliver it, you're going to have to do some small instructions, which we can call a system. Hey, man, I need you to go to this place at this time. Here it is written down or it's in some, you know, some sort of form or format or things of that nature where the next time, guess what? You do the same thing and the supplier delivers it again and again and again. And all of a sudden, again, more free time. 
So, you know, start off with small things, man. It's, it's, it's right in front of you. I love that. I love the idea of thinking of your vendors and suppliers as the first people you can start to delegate to and take things off your back. Such a great suggestion. Now, a lot of you know, time the the when you're when you're in trades, when you're a contractor, you can see a physical, tangible result of something that you've produced in front of you. And when people start to think about systems and processes in a business, it's kind of this murky thing that like, how do I actually make progress? And so what do you suggest for people to actually concretely see the progress they're making? Uh, we see this in our in our thing is again, start out with thinking of everything as a routine. All right. So um, one of the simplest things that I can suggest is, you know, is, is understanding what a process is first. Okay. So a process is a repeatable set of instructions that can be followed. Okay. So maybe a simplest way I could put it is, you know, we all have calendars or access to a, a calendar, right? If we were to put a reoccurring task in there that said, we're going to do this. So maybe it's, um, you know, it's, maybe it's a reminder, you know, to, you know, to speak to your bookkeeper once a month. That's a process. That's now something you're going to be reminded of and you're going to know that you have to do. Or how about time working on your business? A reminder, this is an incredible hack that, you know, I'm going to remind myself that, you know, I've set aside these two hours of time where I'm going to work on my business. It sends it that reminder to you. And, 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 you know, if you want to go one step further, I put in mind when I first started doing this is reminder of why. Why am I doing all of this? And that was to spend more time with my family, right? So I would be reminded of that. And now this is why I'm going to spend this next two hours focusing on my business. I'm not in it, you know, but on it. And, you know, again, now I've got a process, I've got a system. And I was really confident because I consistently was able to do that, right? And then I started to apply it to other things, you know, make it a little more complicated, make it a little bit more, you know, I had six steps instead of three. And all of a sudden I'm going, well, if I can do this for me, should I not be doing this for my team? And now again, my confidence grows. I start seeing it's working for everybody else. So it's very contagious and it's very, um, you know, it, it's something that, that, your team and, and everyone around you will adapt to. So, and then, you know, again, it, it becomes you, yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and you. you start to realize that your role is not to do the thing. All right. The thing is always going to be there. The thing is, you know, it, you already know how to do that. It's the, the key to it is encouraging and, and getting people around you um, ex, as excited to do the thing as you do. Right. And teaching them and passing it to them. And then they own it. And, you know, now you've got your time back. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated, but that's, you know, you have to understand process first. Chris, can I add to that? Yeah, go ahead. So I think one of the things is for everybody listening in, you want to recognize that you need to change, you need to turn the invisible into the visible. What do I mean by that? Turning the invisible into the visible means that you have to have a heightened level of awareness. So when you go to delegate something and you're thinking to yourself, you know, what am I going to get out of this? Or you have already delegated something. It's really, really important that you define, you know, what is the output of doing that thing? And Jay, Jay hit something big time on the head. Okay. If we don't take the time to take a step back and go, okay, it, this thing freed me up five hours. No, but, is that it? It freed you up five hours. Yeah, that's it. It freed me up five hours. No, it didn't just free up five hours. What did you do with the five hours? Well, I was able to be home on time for dinner. Perfect. You're on time home for dinner. Well, what's that mean? Oh, shit. 
I was a better father. Yeah. Now we got something. Now we got something. Okay. What else did you do with that time? Okay. So if time is the output, okay, what is the visible things that you did with that output? So if, if the output was profit, yeah, I made more money. But what'd you do with the pro? What'd you do with the money? Well, I was able to hire more people. I was able to give a raise to somebody and now I'm able to keep my staff. I was able to actually go pay for my kids' education, which we weren't able to do before, or go on a vacation, right? Instead of putting it on the credit card. So turn, make sure everybody listening in, when you do these things, you want to create the crazy glue so it sticks. And to create the crazy glue so it sticks, you you need to turn that invisible into the visible, you know, by some of the things that I just said. And, and that's when you're going to really get mental momentum to keep on you know, moving forward with these things. Yeah. Those five hours are kind of invisible, but the result that it had on your family is a visible. And I think it's, it's such an important point that you make because a lot of these things that we do in our businesses, unless you quantify the, the end result, the impact on your life it's having, you can't really see it as the ROI that it is on the investment that it is. It's, it's just it's true. It's true. And, and, and the other part, the other thing I want to say to you guys is take that to the next level. And then, then, you know, uh, I'll, I'll end it at this is, you know, take that thing that you just made visible and multiply it. What do I mean by multiply it? Okay. Multiply that now invisible that became visible and stretch it out. So if, if you've made extra profit, okay, you made extra profit for that month or maybe that year. Well, how long are you going to be in business for? Because when you put a system in place, the system is in the business for the life of the business. So if you said to yourself, you know, it made me an extra fifteen, twenty thousand dollars this year. Okay, how long are you going to be in business for? Oh my God, I plan to be in business for the next ten years. Okay, you just put something in place that was two hundred thousand dollars, gave you more time with your family. Now you're going to be able to be the coach on your kids, on your kids, you know, hockey team or whatever, right? Not just for not for one game, but f- uh, you know, until they're like, you know, from fifteen to nineteen till they leave the house. Like, think big, <laughs> right? Yeah. Jay, I think you said this, but it's almost addictive when you start to put these well, processes in place, or as you say, processes, <laughs> which I always feel envious of how Canadians yeah. say that. You sound so much right. smarter well, than me. I think it's again, you know, I can I can speak on behalf of contractors, and and literally, I come from you know trade all the way up to you know being away from the business. Um, you have these aha moments at one point or another. All right. And we lo- like, the, again, the core of me is why I do this is my why. Why am I a coach? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? Is to have other people have the same aha moments that I had along the way. And it's really the mindset is, OK, you are a technician and, and there's a there's a mental um, there's a mental side to it. Like when you're a really great technician, like Andrew says, the, the Gretzky of your trade, your confidence is through the roof. You know, you're unstoppable. And then you have this moment where you're like, I'm going to start my business. And, you know, as we know in the e-myth, that's like a, like a seizure, right? So, you know, they have this and then all of the reality hits them. And, you know, what it does is it beats their confidence back down to the ground. And now they, you know, again, when they start to see process, you get the same, you know, um, uh, what is it? The same kind of little high off of getting a process built 
as you do back when you're in the field. So this is how we get our clients to actually get it. And it leads them to these aha moments. Now I see it. Now I get it. Because before it's all just a mystery. It's like, you know, you, you know, you're going somewhere. You, you know why you like, I want to take care of my family, you know, all these things, but the how is not there, the, the what or the where, or like it, it, it pulls all those things together. And it gives you finally some structure to start to take those steps, to start to appreciate you know some of the information that's out there because there's so much information you know we're ne not definitely not in a time of lack of information or, or or systems or tools but it's now it makes sense to you what, what these things are saying right so as a as a tradesperson i mean you are used to seeing something you you can physically see what you did right in business you can't see it right. and you don't know what the results are going to be till it's down the road and that's very hard for the technician to get over you have to shift to being the Gretzky of the tech, the technician to the Gretzky right. of and, business, and, and right? Just like you went through an apprenticeship and you, you, at first you didn't know, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to take some losses. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing because, I mean, that's the only way we actually learn, right? That's the only way we actually come forward and, and make progress. And it is an uncomfortable spot. And unfortunately, you know, that's where why the, the fail rate is so high with contractors. I think it's like 93% is because they never, ever get over that right they never ever they like they don't feel like they've succeeded unless they can physically see they've gotten something done and then that goes all the way down the line and i mean we can get into all types of reasons why the market is the way it is but you know again if we started off teaching process um and t teaching ways that they can help themselves you know they're going to get a lot further and they're going to have well uh, here's the reality right bad habits or a bad habit or a good habit the, both are teachable which which one are you going to teach, right? You're going to teach the bad habit, right? You keep this mindset of like, it can only be me. I'm the best. You know, nobody can do it like me. Well, then guess what? Yeah, that's what you get. That's 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 what your program. And that's, by the way, what you're going to tell anybody that's walking through the door that's thinking about working for you. And they're going to be like, see you later, dude. Right? <laughs> no one wants to work in that environment. So, yeah. Yeah, so so let's turn the corner here and talk about uh, not just Gretzky, but the rest of the team. I know you guys do a lot with with hiring and training people, and and uh, Andrew, I believe you also have a book called "How to Steal Your Competitors' Trades People." Ethically, you got it. <laughs> which, yeah, totally. Which is such a great title. So so let's talk about this. You know, people are changing jobs more than ever right now. It's a crazy tough time to hire people. So, do you think it's still possible to? retain people for a, a long time in their career, first of all? 1,000%. Absolutely. Like 1,000%. The reality is that, let's just put this into perspective just really quickly and, and sort of the baseline of this book. Um, Jay's got some great insights on this because, you know, he's helped build, you know, a big part of our hiring system that we, you know, it's basically done for our clients, right? They take it, they don't have to create it, they just apply it and they get the results, right? So the, the, the principle is is this. If you look at all the businesses that are out there, and I don't care what type of business, okay, but in this case, we're going to use, say, contractors, okay? The reality is that they've got one of the, one of the words in your podcast is what they live and die by, most of them. You know, this 90-some percent of them that fail is chaos, okay? They're in chaos all the time. Well, if they're in chaos and they're the business owner because they're not systemizing things, they don't know how to structure it, you know, they don't know, you know, how to put policies in place. They don't know how to delegate properly. They don't they don't even know how to hire people properly. And it just goes throughout the whole organization, every aspect, up, down, left, right, okay, 360. 
it's chaos. But it's not just chaos for the business owner. It's chaos for who else? The whole team. The whole team. And nobody, like we were talking about just before the, you know, we hit the record button, nobody, no human wakes up and wants to live in chaos. And so the reality is that when you have a business that is systemized, that is structured, it eliminates, you know, a huge percentage of the chaos. And it actually puts into place something called control. And so when somebody comes and they leave that environment of chaos, they come into an environment of control. People want to stay in that environment. And especially, especially Chris, the A players. A players, the ones that want to get results, the ones that want to be recognized for how good they are, okay? Um, everybody wants to be in an environment of control and not chaos. So when you can provide that environment of control, people will stay with you, especially if you've got, you know, if you've got a pathway for them. If you've got, you know, if you've got, you know, some sort of future for them, you know, in control, hey, you're at this stage, then, you know, once you learn this skill set and these policies and this process and things of that nature, you're going to know that you're successful. We're going to know that you're successful. Now the next step for you is this. All of a sudden, guess what? People end up working for you, not just for a paycheck. They're working for you for a career. Go ahead, Jay. I, I see I see you, Jay. Just want to like dive in. Yeah, Go so for I it. mean to add on <laughs> absolutely. And you know, again, we we you know we're we're totally connected on all of these things. But you know, one thing, you know, to speak specifically to the state we're in right now, especially in the contracting world, because I live this day in and day out with every contractor, you know there's this impression that, you know, we can't find good guys. We can't, you know, there's not enough skilled workers out there. The, the new millennials don't want to work. There's all these limiting beliefs and stuff that's going on. And I'll, I'll just be straight up. I have not seen a bigger opportunity in the last decade to dominate a market. And there's two major factors that are playing into this. Okay. So number one is construction as a whole is 25 years behind every other industry there is. So let's talk about onboarding. Let's take the simplest of things um, when you go to work at McDonald's or you go to work at, you know, I mean, a retail shopping center, like anything, they always onboard you. They train you. They give you expectations. They tell you what they want from you. Construction? Nope. We're going to trial by fire. Just get in there and do what you're going to do. That's been going on for 25 years. So no wonder. Okay. So let, let's just think of it from, because, you know, owners have the tendency to look at everything from the top down. Let's look at it from the bottom up. I'm new to the business. I'm new to the industry. I come into this, you know, this difficult, hard job. Nobody greets me. In fact, they're, you know, it's, it, it's like, okay, what do I do? Like, it is very, and now you add, you add the, the big shift here. And this is the part that everyone should really pay attention to. The last generation, let's say call them the Gen Xers and the baby boomers, okay? They believe that if you work hard, all right, you're going to get somewhere. That was their value system. The shut up and work, Okay. That's the way they were taught. Now, millennials have grown up watching this happen, all right, and feel quite cheated by it. And, you know, there's more information than ever. So their value system has changed. And here's the key to this, right? We don't have less people on the planet than we did 30 years ago. We've never, we're not, we're not, we don't actually have a labor problem. We have a social problem. And the social problem is that we're not understanding what this generation wants. And from us, from our end, okay, and working with hundreds and hundreds of new staff members and having this problem come up over and over again, one thing that we know for sure, 
Okay. Is that millennials? No, they don't, they're not going to come in and just put their head down and work for you for the next 40 years. That's not, that's, that no longer exists because why, but here's the other thing, present an opportunity, give a pathway, give a direction. That's what they're looking. They're looking for structure. Money is actually fourth on the list. You know what they value even more time. All right. We, we figured this out before it was, you think it's money. Oh, I just got to pay him more. That's not the answer. Okay. Well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do this and this, but nobody's really talking about what the original problem is. Do they see any future with you? No, that's the answer. Because the first day you brought them in, you know, from job ad to out in the field, you've done nothing to invest in them. You've given them no hope that this is a, and now all they're looking at is this is a hard ass job. And I don't want to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go sell crypto or yeah, like there's no, there's nothing sexy about this. Right. So at the end of the day, contractors, and I think this is really the, the, the underlining kind of problem there was is I never got onboarded. It was shut up and go to work and you do it like this. And like, it was, that's the way I learned. Now it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't nice. It didn't give me hope. I had to find that myself. Not a lot of people actually do that. Now, if we were to switch that around and let's say we properly onboarded someone we trained them we gave them a pathway we told them their 90 day plans we worked on their five year goals we cared about them all right rather than caring the most about our clients no no let's reverse this let's take care of our people let's educate them let's let's make sure that we're supporting them and making them into great humans and and getting them to the next place that they want to be in their life even if it's not with us okay even if it's not with us, they've still they've still come in and made impact in our business. And again, that keyword is impact. Millennials want impact. They want to know that they're contributing to results. They want to be a part of a team. Now, you know, you look at the tech industry, you look at all the other places that have really blown up. What did they do that really helped them to take that next step? What is it that's different than this construction thing? And I think you're going to start to find out very early on that it started you know, in the hiring process, it started through the onboarding. They got wicked at onboarding and giving people pathways and hope and everything else. So no wonder they've stolen all those workers. So, you know, again, ethically, yeah, ethically, 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 right? People, people will leave. Yeah. People will leave their current employer guys. They are looking to leave their current employer. If their environment is crap. Right. And they all okay? are and even most, the best of them. They all are. They all, most of them are, are crap because yeah, they don't know how to run a business. I have, I have a, uh, so our head of people here, who's amazing. She's, her desk is right outside this window for me. And we got her one of those huge, like magnets from Looney Tunes. Uh, just to, as a reminder that it's our job to just be yes, a magnet exactly. for great people that we want to bring them in. We want to give them great experiences because Jay, to your point, there's no shortage of people. There's, there's more people than there's ever been. There's more opportunity than there's ever been. But for the great companies that are putting intentional effort into their onboarding experience, into their employee experience, growth paths, career, career trajectories, professional development, all that stuff, you are going to attract and keep people. So I think that's the, that's the message here. Then, and and yeah, you said and, it's so And again, for contractors, nobody's doing it. Even the bigger contractors, they're, they're half-assing it. Like if you really own this, man – that's unstoppable, right? Like you're getting better performance out of your people. Your people are involved in your business. You can, as the owner, I know, I already know, you can have all the systems and processes you want, okay? It doesn't mean a damn thing. What makes the difference is, you know, how your people treat your systems and, and how happy they are to be there, right? 
That's it. That's what it's all about. All right, guys, we'll, we'll wrap it up here, but so many takeaways and great information in this. And I know you've got the book that we mentioned. Uh, f- for everyone listening, where else can they find you? Where, they, where can they look into uh, to your coaching, your resources, everything you guys are doing? Absolutely. So we've got a, a Facebook group. It's a free group. It's called the Profitable Contractors Association. And it's specifically for contractors that want to take themselves and their business to the next level. There's tons of free training in there. There's tons of done for them systems that they can take and apply that they don't have to pay for and get a taste of it. And then, you know, uh, for those people that are interested in engagement profit for contractors, you know, they can just get into that group and they can ask for some help and we can see if there's a fit. You know, we got a whole process to see if, if it's a fit. It's okay if it's not a fit. It's great if it is a fit, just like, you know, how we apply to, you know, hiring our own employees and things of that nature. And that's probably the best way for them to get there. If they want to get the book, they can just go on Amazon. You know, it's a good taste uh, taste tester, right? Go on Amazon. Um, they can, you know, look up how to steal your competitors' tradespeople ethically. Uh, you can get it on Kindle and uh, you're off to the races. Amazing. All right. How to steal your competitors, tradespeople ethically on Amazon. Profits for contractors. Check out their website. Check out their Facebook group. These guys are awesome. They clearly know what they're doing and have built amazing businesses themselves and are now helping so many others systematize what they're doing to free up time and pour those profits into creating more time. So thank you guys. This was amazing. I appreciate you both being here. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.